When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Good afternoon, folks. Steve Moore here. This is the More Money Show, um, the number one talk radio show, not just in New York City, not just on the East Coast, but in the entire country. WABC, awesome. Uh, We've got such a great reach. I mean, we reach people all the way up to Maine and all the way down to Georgia. And uh, so we have millions of listeners uh, to this great uh, station. Uh, this is a show, as all of you know, that is dedicated to the free enterprise system, unapologetically limited government, more freedom, lower taxes, uh, pro-business, pro-worker. That's our agenda for this show. Uh, I love it when we hear from people who necessarily don't agree with the free enterprise system. This is freedom of speech radio as well. Uh, We respect the First Amendment. So I will, as always, in the last 15 minutes of the show, take your calls. And uh, that is the highlight for me to hear what you have to say. We have uh, the most educated and intelligent audience of any uh, radio show, I would reckon to say. Well, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Uh, I hope you're having a holly jolly uh, Christmas season. God, it's only two weeks. Two weeks to Christmas. Can you believe that? <laughs> Shopping that up. I've got to get out. Uh, as soon as this show is over, I've got to get out and, uh, and get to the mall and get some uh, presents for my kids and my wife. And I don't know what to get her. Every time I get her a Christmas present, she doesn't like it. So uh, that that's always a challenge for me. But I want to talk... Um, if I may, in these opening minutes, uh, and then we're going to get to the financial report by uh, Citizens Payne, Ryan Payne, uh, and Bob Payne. That comes up in a few minutes as well. They're the top in the business, as you guys know. But uh, two quick subjects. One, I want to talk a little bit about something a little off track of what you usually talk about, but it does relate to our country and to our economy, and that is the issue of heroism and patriotism. And I bring this up now because I've been thinking so much about this this week uh, as two things happened. Obviously, we celebrated the 80th anniversary of Pearl Harbor Day when we were attacked by the Japanese. Um, And the other thing that happened is a great, great patriot from World War II, Bob Dole, died. And uh, just a couple of observations about this because – well, first of all, let me just say this. I don't think there's enough patriotism in this country, especially among the young. I don't think we teach patriotism in the schools. We don't teach kids that America is the greatest country on earth, which we are. Uh, our government schools are teaching kids that we are a racist country, that we're responsible for all the problems in the world, in Africa and Asia and all of this. We teach kids that we killed all the Indians and uh, all of these things. And what country does that? 
I mean, what country teaches its kids that they uh, are in a country that is not, especially when we're the greatest country on earth? Okay. So, uh, my father fought in World War II. He was a great, great patriot. Uh, he was a freshman in college, and he always tells me about that weekend when he, they heard on the radio, because it was a pre-TV, that uh, the United States had been attacked in Hawaii. And it just, he always talks about it. His life forever changed on December 7, 1941. So many in that great generation did. And uh, he was uh, off uh, six months later into the Pacific and uh, fought there. Uh, and uh, anyway, so now what does that have to do with Bob Dole? Well, this is a cool story that I, I hope you'll, um, uh, you know, uh, allow me to tell this quick story that Bob Dole is somebody who I knew over the years in the Senate. Uh, he was obviously the Senate leader uh, twice, and he also uh, ran for president. And uh, I didn't always agree with Bob Dole. I, I regarded him as kind of a moderate Republican, and I, I was a more of a conservative Republican. And we, you know, like dueled sometimes on issues. But I got to tell you, I saw him about a year and a half ago, or two, maybe more like two years ago, at a restaurant in Washington, D.C., and he was in a wheelchair and he was kind of hunched over and his body was falling apart. You know, it was just his body was falling apart. By the way, the man gave his right arm to our country. It was it was uh, always like in a sling or he could barely, as you may recall, he could really not use his right arm very well. Uh, he was left for dead, by, by the way, on the battlefield. So it's a, it was a miracle that he survived. And I said, I said to him, you know, I said, uh, Senator, I'm sorry to interrupt your lunch, but I just want to tell you that my father also was World War II vet, and he was such a, he's such a huge admirer of yours, and, uh, and uh, so about all, uh, said, well, Steve, what is your father's name, uh, and what is his phone number? So I jotted down, I was at a seat of paper, and I handed it over to him, and sure enough, the next night, my father, uh, who passed, I think, uh, about a year ago at the age of 93, I think he was, uh, he called me and he was so excited. He said, Steve, I got to You're never going to believe this. I got a call from Bob Dole. And it just meant the world to him. And then the most amazing thing is that more amazing thing, about six months later, I was um, uh, jogging by the uh, new World War II Memorial um, and that's right on the mall in Washington. If you haven't gone and seen it, you should. And uh, and I'm looking over and I see a man in a wheelchair. And he's surrounded by about 25 veterans. So I, I kind of stroll over there. And sure enough, it was Bob Dole. And he used to park his wheelchair at the World War II Memorial many afternoons up until basically the time he died. And all of those veterans from World War II, the greatest generation, our fathers and grandfathers, would gather around him and it meant the world to them as well. Anyway, my point is that that was the greatest generation. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody who is still alive <laughs> listening to this show that fought in World War II, that probably puts you in your 90s. Thank you for your great service to our country. You saved us. And here is my question. And I want you all to ponder this, please. And then would you call and let me know what the answer to this question is? Because here's what troubles me. Could this generation of young people could they have stormed the beaches of Normandy? Could they have? Would they have signed up to in, in, in weeks to defend our country um, against the evil forces of the Nazis and the Japanese? Um, I don't know. I don't know if they, this generation has what it took. And I hope I'm wrong, but I wonder about that. I think the millennials are soft. 
I think they're not patriotic. Now, I'm not, not talking about all millennials and all young people, but I'm saying, and I think it's a function of our school system and our culture that doesn't celebrate our country. And we have to get back to that. Can we get back to teaching our kids about the greatness of our country? I mean, in the schools, they teach more about Hiroshima the nuclear bomb that we quite correctly under Harry Truman dropped on the Japanese to end the war. Then they talk about the fact that they attacked us on December 9, 7, 1941. So we're the villains because we bound them, even though they started the war. That's the kind of thing that our kids are learning. And it just annoys me to no end. Now I want people, somebody, if young people call in and say, Hey, my generation has what it takes. I wonder about that. I wonder what you think. Okay. We're going to take a short, break and then we will be back uh to talk about these issues and more it was a really good week by the way uh as you know week after week what we normally talk about on this show is kill the bill this atrocious um outrageous bankruptcy bill that uh joe biden is trying to foist upon our country which will you know absolutely destroy our economy and put us in debt and hurt our energy industry and you've got all these new government programs that are for free nobody has to work and it's like all this free money we're never going to have anybody working in this country again but the good news is three things happened this week number one joe manchin said this bill is bad for the country bad for west virginia and i'm not for it so if he doesn't vote for it it doesn't pass second of all we got this consumer price index report that came out showed inflation keeps rising it's not going away and all of the inflation is tied to all this massive spending and the third thing that happened this week was a new report came out from the budget office and i want to uh, give a little um shout out to uh, senator lindsey graham of south carolina who asked the congressional budget office do an honest score do an honest score don't buy all their budget gimmicks. Oh, this program's only last for three years. You know, we're going to use 10 years of revenues and five years of spending and hocus pocus. They were using hocus pocus, financially fraudulent ways to um, camouflage what this bill really costs. And I've been saying this, by the way, on this show for the last, oh, I don't know, three months. And it turns out that the CBO came back with the report yesterday confirming what I have been saying and what Larry Kudlow has been saying and many of my Republican friends have been saying the Democrats are guilty of financial fraud. This bill doesn't cost $2 trillion. It costs $4 trillion. It is not paying for itself. And it does this idea, oh, it's not going to cost a thin penny. Nancy Pelosi and, and, uh, and uh, uh, President Biden, it's not going to cost a nickel. It's all paid for. Well, guess what? They're using fraudulent numbers. It's just another reason to kill this bill. All right. I'm Steve Moore. You're listening to More Money. Uh, and next up is my good friend, Ryan Payne, who's going to tell you a little about what's going on in the financial markets so you can make more money. We'll be back in one minute. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Hey, it's Ryan Payne and Bob Payne. Come to you this morning on More Money from Payne Capital Management. And Bob, Man, oh, man, what a difference a week makes in the markets. I mean, we had the biggest sell-off ever on a Black Friday just two weeks ago. Markets were selling off. Things weren't looking good. And then all of a sudden, we have a massive rebound in the stock market this week. It's just been a phenomenal week for stocks. And it looks like we're, we're going strong here until the end of the year. Well, you know, you look at the news media, right, and the headlines were it was a new you know, COVID variant called Omicron that's going to shut down the economy. We're going to go back into the depths 
of the initial COVID pandemic. But you know what? The market realizes it's not a pandemic anymore. It's an endemic, you know, infections like common cold and flu. You know, let's be clear about something. There's not one death associated with Omicron, right? It's um, it's more hype than there is a problem. Yeah, really, it's amazing, though, just how quickly and how jittery things can get because, you know, things were just moving along so smoothly. And then all of a sudden, bam, on Black Friday, you just had this massive sell in the market. Lots of concerns about the Federal Reserve, what they're going to do with interest rates, their bond buying, their bond tapering, rather. And, you know, it really just comes down to what but what's really changed. When you look under the surface, you know, something we've talked about a lot is the economy is just getting stronger and stronger. We had the unemployment numbers coming last week. We're down to 4.2% unemployment, which is just a huge drop from where we were a year ago. Um, and I think the bigger problem here is there's just so many jobs out there that people can't fill. Now, you know, we had the uh, JOLTS report, Ryder. Remember that one? You know, the Job Opening Labor Turnover Survey. I think JOLTS is a much better name for that. You know, we were supposed to have like 10.4 million uh, openings. Turned out it was 11 million was the actual number. Far exceeds, right now, far exceeds the number of unemployed Americans by the most ever on record. So how does that work, right? Even if you put every American back to work, there's still more jobs than people than can fill them. Like that's, to me, what that says is, inflation is going to be a big problem for a long time because there's not enough workers. And if you're an employer, what do you have to do to keep track workers or keep your workers? You're going to have to keep raising their wages. And if wages keep going up, that means that the end consumer is going to pay more too. Well, it's not anything I really have to worry about right now, right? Because I'm just worried about how many listeners do we have? And I know we have a new listener. At least he's been listening for a while. His name's Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, because <laughs> we've been telling him for, what, months now to get rid of the word transitory, and he finally did? You know what, Bob? Everyone should listen to our sh- our show on WABC in the morning. It's the only thing you should do, and I-, I assume, I suspect, Jay Powell's been listening to us as well. But I think it comes down to, more importantly, is that transitory inflation, which you're right, isn't transitory, is a big problem, right? And we're financial planners, and we always think about, for our clients, the thousand or so families that we manage, is how do you keep up with inflation? How do you keep your money working for you? And I think, again, the one mistake that we're seeing a lot of you make right now is I'm going to wait and just see if we get a big sell from the markets. I'm going to sit on this cash, and you really just can't do it. You know, Markets are running hot. The economy is improving every single month, and that's going to continue. You've got to get your game plan together now. Well, see, that's what happens, right? The news media, they keep climbing a wall of worry. They keep building the bricks of the wall, and the market climbs that wall of worry. You know, first we had, oh, the economy is going to shut down because of the new COVID variant. It turned out not so bad. Then we have, oh, the Federal Reserve is going to stop buying bonds. They're going to double their taper. Next week they have another meeting. Expect they're going to double the amount of bonds that they're going to stop buying so they can raise interest rates lower. But you know what? If you go back through history, Right. Markets don't necessarily do poorly when interest rates are rising, especially if you have an economy that's very strong. It can overcome, you know, that headwind. And that's the problem with the media. They don't want you to invest. It's like a disincentive program to watch, uh, you know, financial news. They never tell you to invest. They're always telling you why you shouldn't invest. That's why we call it financial propaganda, Bob. Um, and <laughs> no, but it's important because if you think about it right now is if think costs are going up and companies raise their their costs, they raise their prices on you and me. Um, you know they benefit from that. And you know what you have to think about is, and you look at this over time, the difference between beating inflation, not beating inflation, a lot of times is just getting those dividends. And the thing about dividends is that's cash flow that you receive that goes up over time. 
And, you know, when we look at your income plans for retirement, the problem is if you have an annuity, let's say, you get that fixed income every year, well, that fixed income doesn't go up, but your expenses are. No, that's exactly right. And, you know, that's basically what inflation is. It's this hidden, insidious tax that, you know, we've been paying every year and it's been pretty low, actually. You know, we've been running below 2% now for a good 10 or 15 years. Suddenly, we're looking at 5 to 6% year over year every month for the last six months. You know, everything costs more. Everybody knew that, of course, except for the government for some reason. They were surprised by inflation. They were surprised by, oh, my goodness, you know, look at the unemployment number. Um, you know, all of a sudden, the participation rate went up. You know, it's like, I think they should just sit around with these masks on and have a big surprise look on their face, right? Because uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, they, well, you they always seem to be behind the curve. Mask on, so you wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> but but it is it is probably an interesting time because look you know if you if you look at the data again the economy is getting better it's getting stronger and this is something that we we've seen for a long time it's like month after month the data has been good and I, I think what's interesting as well is it's just how well we've learned to live with the virus I mean if you look at the Sunday after Thanksgiving you had the most people traveling through the airport since the pandemic started we've adapted to it and I think that's an important point because. You can't wait for this other shoe to drop. It's probably not going to drop, even though a lot of the pundits like to tell you that. I always say this. Investing is very hard. It's counterintuitive. So it's incredible if you watch what we call the sentiment indicators, right? How people feel about, you know, which way the market's going to go, which way the economy is going. And as soon as you get a couple of negative headlines, boy, those numbers drop like a rock, right? All of a sudden, everybody's bearish. Nobody's bullish. And they come up with all the reasons why, you know, they no longer should be an investor. Meanwhile, most of you are sitting right now at the highest wealth you've ever been in the history of your life. And we've had peak earnings. We've had great earnings. We've had great GDP. You know, may not exceed those numbers, but the numbers are still going to be going higher. And they're only gonna, you know, still going to have great earnings and, and dividends being paid over the next couple of years. You know, about the big mistake that we see, and we see about 50 portfolios, new portfolios a month. And the one thing we have the advantage of is we see what everybody on Wall Street's doing. You know, like we know. And, you know, when we see your portfolios, it's either you have too much money in cash earning nothing, or you have your money, what we call long duration assets. You have bond funds, which you know you don't like if you listen to our show. You have a lot of growth stocks, like big tech in your portfolio, which has done great and can continue to do well. But we know historically, when inflation runs higher, you need a different portfolio. You need inflation hedges in your portfolio. And it's really critical right now. We're at this juncture now where you've got to make those changes now. You know, Ryan, I met with three potential new clients that listened to our show last month, and they all had the same portfolio, overweighted in large company stocks. And that's not a bad thing. They did really well over the last 10 years. What they didn't realize was the previous 10 years, they had a 0% return on the same investments. They had money in bond funds. Now, that's the thing that bothers me is when you're, you know, most of these folks that we're talking to are my age, right? We're baby boomers. We've gone from wealth accumulation into wealth distribution. And a big part of that is income. And most of you are taking what should be fixed income and you're unfixing it by buying a bond fund. You know, we want to have bonds that pay a fixed rate of return. And if interest rates go up, we want to make sure that money comes due and matures so we can reinvest at a higher rate. When you're in a bond fund, you've taken something that's conservative and safe and you put it into an equity-like wrapper so where it now is going to have the it go up to the vagaries of the, of the you know the interest rates it's going to go up or down without you having any control. The other thing I'm seeing there's no hedge against inflation. Yeah, you look at TV and they tell you to buy gold. Worst investment you could possibly have. But the only negative return I see on my screen this year. Stocks are a great hedge against inflation. Real estate, you know, 
Not one of these portfolios had any money in investment real estate, right? There was no money in commodities. So all the things that hedge against inflation aren't being advertised on TV yeah. and they're not showing up in these portfolios. Yeah. So it's, you've got to make that change because inflation is here. We know the portfolio of the past doesn't work in the future. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, I'd like to get a review. I like to figure out what I'm doing. What's my game plan? I need an income plan. I've got to figure out inflation. I got to figure out if I have the right portfolio. Here's your shot to do it. Every week on More Money, we leave 10 slots open. If you have over $750,000 saved for retirement, Bob and I will run our total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We literally look at everything for you. There's not another firm out there that will do this work up front. We'll go through every holding that you have. We'll build you your own personalized financial portal. We'll show you all the hidden fees you're paying, all the tax inefficiencies in your portfolio. Wall Street loves to sell you products with lots of taxes and fees. We're going to show you how to reduce those fees and optimize your portfolio for taxes, especially in an environment where taxes are probably going higher. And we'll put together a full income plan. We'll figure out exactly what you need to spend. We'll figure out exactly what inflation is going to look like and figure out how to optimize Social Security, how to draw from your portfolio so you don't run out of money. Then we're going to tie it all together in one total financial master plan and we'll determine the most critical question are you going to outlive your money? Is your money going to outlive you? Utilizing strategies now, our family has literally been perfecting for over 45 years. If you do it right now, we literally have 10 slots. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over 750000 for your retirement our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will create for you your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation, there's no cost, no strings attached, but there won't be a plan if you don't text or call. 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. So, Bob, you know, at our firm, Payne Capital Management, you know, we review, again, about 50 portfolios a month. We do a lot of volume in terms of just seeing what's out there. And we basically know what every other financial firm is recommending. It gives us a lot of ideas about what we recommend for our clients and what not to recommend. And shockingly, Bob, a lot of times the investment advice that you receive from these firms is not always in your best interest. I know that's shocking. So I thought we could break down everything fee-related today so our listeners can know everything they need to know when working with a financial professional. You know, right, it really comes down to two things. Uh, are you a fiduciary or are you a salesperson? It's that simple. Now, as a fiduciary, you have to put your investor, your client, their interests have to come first. You have to invest their money. You have to advise them on their money as if it's your own. Most of the industry is loaded with financial advisors who have no obligation to put your interest first. You know why? Because it's too much work. <laughs> it's too much work to sit down and do planning. And you know, I think there's a delineation right now between what I call the old school and new school, right? The old school way is you would go to a quote-unquote broker or an advisor, and they would sell you products, and they make a commission on selling those products. And then you have to wonder, well, are they recommending this because they get a fat commission or because it's in my best interest? But now we have what you call being a fiduciary, where you charge a fee for advice and you're liable for the advice that you actually are giving. To me, that puts everyone on the same page, right? If you're earning a fee to give good advice as opposed to a product to recommend, that's probably the way that you want to get your advice. Someone who's on the same side of the page as you are. 
Well, Ryan, why wouldn't other companies, like big companies like Fidelity and Vanguard, why wouldn't they want to act as a fiduciary? I don't understand. Because there's more liability and they can't make as many commissions. It's that simple. That's simple. Well, you know, I think here's that that's kind of the asset test, right? If you are working with a firm and they, you know, work for Vanguard, for example, and look at your portfolio and see if you own anything that doesn't say Vanguard, right? Because all they want to do is promote their products. If you're working as a fiduciary, that prohibits you from doing that, right? That's a conflict of interest. So you really want to have someone who has your interest at heart, who's going to look and find what's the best investment, the lowest cost alternative and the highest probability of that getting you to your goals. Yeah. And that's the other part of it is like the one thing about Wall Street is we love to hide the fees. <laughs> you can't see them. And it's usually the devil you don't see. It's worse than the devil that you do, because maybe you do have an advisory fee on your portfolio that you see. It comes out, it's transparent, but that doesn't encompass, in addition to that, some of the internal costs you might be paying. And annuities, I know we're picking on annuities a lot this morning. We like to do that is a lot of times they'll tell you, well, oh, you're not paying any fees. That's not true. <laughs> Just because you can't see them doesn't mean they're not there, Bob. No, no. I think uh, you and I worked with a case this week where you know someone, we called the insurance company because what do you want to do when you have an annuity or any type of insurance product? Don't call the salesperson. Call the insurance company. Get the back office people and say, hey, could you just check on this investment or product that I have and tell me exactly what the costs are every year? You'd be surprised to find out it's 3 to 4% a year, and it doesn't show up on your statement. You've got to actually call the insurance company to get that information. And think about that, right? And this is a real case. 4% a year, and this client had no idea they were paying that because of all these riders, and they thought they were getting all these great benefits, which turned out to be well, let's just say the pitch was better than what the benefits actually were. But if you have a portfolio that's diversified, it's balanced, and maybe you're supposed to average 5 6% a year based on history, if you take 4% in fees, you're down to a 2% a year return. You might be better off in cash over the same time frame than being in an investment portfolio. So fees are really important, and it's really important to understand what those underlying fees that you don't see are, not just the fees that you can see. And then the other thing you have, Ry, when you're working with someone who's motivated, you know, to generate return. Like, let's face it, anybody who's working wants to be compensated. And if you're working with somebody who only gets compensated by commissions, then they have to get you to do something, you know, encourage you to do a transaction where someone who gets compensated on a fee basis, like a fiduciary, right? You're going to get, they're going to do nothing when nothing's the right thing to do. So you want someone who's motivated always to do what's in your best interest, where they do well if you do well. And that's the difference between, I think, a fiduciary and a commission-based salesperson. Yeah, and it's an easy conversation to have. Just ask point blank, you know, the professional you're working with now, are you a fiduciary? And if they say no, well, you might want to reevaluate your situation. And if they are, what you might want to find out too is, hey, you know, I realize the fee that you're charging me, but what are the underlying expenses on my portfolio? So having that clear picture is critical because again, you know, fees over time, they eat away at that compounding of your portfolio, and that can have a huge ramifications positively or negatively. So you've got to be cognizant of the fees, and you've got to get that breakdown because Wall Street is just not going to tell you. Well, that's why I love our tools, because you're able to, number one, see everything in one picture, whether it's, you know, at Fidelity or at Vanguard or at Schwab, you can see it all in one picture. You can look and have our x-ray done to see what the internal costs are. But you know what also leads to something else, right? When you have a lot of different accounts spread all over, and, and three of the people we worked with this week, 
had 15 to 25 accounts spread over everywhere. You know, you run out of energy and time to analyze it every month as an individual. And there's nothing on a statement that really tells you what those internal costs are because Wall Street doesn't want you to know. Well, and that brings up another good point too. Consolidation can be very helpful because if you have a couple, if you have 15 different accounts at different firms, they're all charging you a higher fee. But if you put your accounts together collectively and do an aggregate, a lot of times you're entitled to a discount based on the total amount that you have managed. It could be the difference between you being charged as an institutionally or just a regular retail investor. So consolidation can be a huge way for you to reduce that cost over time. And again, that's a big part of the game. It's just getting that cost down. So if you're thinking to yourself right now, like I want to know the fees that I'm paying. I want to get on top of my situation. I'm not quite sure I'm working with fiduciaries working in my best interest. Well, here's your shot to get a second opinion. We're down to seven slots left. If you give a call or text during the show to 844-752-6692 and you've saved over $750,000 for retirement, Bob and I will put together for you our total financial master plan and we'll do that with no obligation or cost. There's no other firm that will do this work up front. We'll go through every holding that you have. We're going to build you your own personalized financial portal. We're going to put together a full analysis, deep dive of every fee you're paying, all the tax inefficiencies. Wall Street loves to sell you products with high fees and tax inefficiencies. We're going to break it all down for you, show how to reduce that cost, optimize your portfolio for taxes, put together a full income plan, figure out how to optimize the income on your portfolio, how to take Social Security so you have an income stream for life that you can't outlive. And we're going to look at diversification. I mean, are you prepared? Are you invested right now? Are you sitting in cash paralysis by analysis, earning nothing? Do you need a game plan? Or are you worried if the market sells off tomorrow? Are you taking too much risk? Well, we're going to go through all that for you, put together a full investment game plan to make sure that you grow your money over time, but most importantly, protect it. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next seven callers, you saved over 750000 for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified Financial planners will create for you your own total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost, but there won't be a plan if you don't text or call. 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, it's your turn to get the tailored strategy you deserve. All you got to do is text or call. Stay tuned for more money. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. This is Ryan Payne filling in for Bob Payne to deliver Bob's weekly market update. And stocks went gangbusters this past week as the major U.S. indices recovered sharply from a post-Thanksgiving sell-off. The S&P 500 now stands at an all-time record high, climbing above 4,700 on Friday. And this has really been the theme all year. Any minor dip in the capital markets has immediately been bought as investors or flushed with cash. Not only did the stock market heat up, but inflation numbers were through the roof. November's CPI number came in at a red-hot 6.8%, the fastest rate since 1982. Of course, this shouldn't be a huge surprise for consumers, as surging prices for food, energy, and shelter accounted for much of the gains. The latest inflation data comes ahead of the Federal Reserve's two-day meeting this upcoming week, Higher consumer prices could push the Fed to speed up the pace at which it trims its bond purchases, which have helped keep interest rates low. 
A tapering or paring back on bond buying could be the catalyst to finally lift interest rates higher. Investors beware. Furthermore, the job market is abundant with a reported 11 million openings across the country. The number of job openings now exceeds the number of unemployed Americans by the most ever on record. Industries that need workers continue to be manufacturing, food services, hotel service, and educational services. The strong job market has emboldened the American worker to weigh his and her options with over 4.2 million people leaving their jobs in October. The competitive job market should keep the upward pressure on wages as companies struggle to retain and hire workers, which in turn should keep the pressure on inflation. So as this big bull market marches higher into the end of the year, and as inflationary pressure continues to mount, the question you need to ask yourself is, do you have the right game plan to grow and protect your wealth? My dad, Bob, and I have a collective 75 years of experience building low-cost, tax-efficient, goal-based portfolios to ensure you stay on the right path to financial independence. All you need to do is call or text at 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. 844-PLAN-NYC. That's Ryan Payne with this week's market update. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is Steve Moore. You're listening to the More Money Show. I want to just do a shout out to my uh, friends. Uh, I call them Citizens Payne, uh, Brian and Bob Payne. Uh, you heard their great market analysis. And if you want to uh, get a free consultation with them, they're the best in the business, folks. Don't forget, call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. And it's free. So get a consultation with the people who understand the market better than anyone. And speaking of phone calls, I am ready to take your phone calls, folks. I am ready. I am ready to do it. I know that if you were listening to my uh, opening monologue for the show uh, a few minutes ago, the theme that I want to ask you all about, and we're ready to take your calls at 800-848-9222. That's 800-848. 9222, that's 800-848-WABC. What I want to ask you is, do you share my concern? And I hope you, maybe you don't. I want to be talked out of this. I'm worried that this generation of young people, the millennials and the ones who come after them, the young people, the people in their 20s and 30s, do they have what it takes to do what the greatest generation did? to defend our country and to defeat the Nazis and defeat the Japanese and to, to, uh, to be so patriotic and such heroes. Maybe I'm just jaded or something, but I think our schools, our culture, Hollywood, our blame America first. And we don't, again, I hope I'm wrong about this, but I worry that that spirit of patriotism, putting country first, um, I wonder about it because, the, you know, those people I mentioned, Bob Dole, that was a band of brothers. They stuck together and their acts of heroism, they gave their lives, their right. And in Bob Dole's case, his right arm for our country. And my point is, this is the greatest country on the earth. And I don't think we're teaching enough patriotism and enough about American exceptionalism in our schools and our churches and our culture on, uh, in Hollywood. 
There's not enough celebration of the great country. So tell me if you agree or disagree with me. And I would love to hear from young people. Tell me, you know, talk me out of this. Talk me down from the ledge. That number, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. My producer says we have two lines open, but we have a lot of people calling in, and I'm going to get to as many of them as you can. We're going to be back in 60 seconds to take your calls. Do you, do you share my concern that this younger generation does not have the patriotism that the greatest generation did? We'll be right back. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show. By the way, don't forget, if you want to get our free hotline, uh, which we call the Prosperity Hotline, it comes out five mornings a week. Uh, we will email it directly to you. Newt Gingrich uh, says this is the first thing he reads every morning if he wants to know, understand what's going on with the economy and what's going on with politics and covid uh, we will send that to you for free. It costs nothing. Just go to the Committee to Unleash Prosperity hotline, uh, I mean, website, Committee to Unleash Prosperity, and just uh, click and give us your uh, your email, and we will send you that email five mornings a week for free. Unlike, unlike Joe Biden's plan, it really is free to the American people. Okay. Now, here's we've got a bunch of people on the air uh, uh, that are waiting on the line, and the question is, do you think that this generation of young people could do what the greatest generation did? My parents, uh, you know, do, uh, and, and could they do this? Because I just wonder, and I know we have a lot of callers on this. This is kind of a soft generation that they believe government's going to do everything for them. Alliance, and then not a lot of patriotism, and then not a lot of heroism. Am I right or am I wrong about that? I want you to weigh in, especially young people. And that number again is one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. If you want your uh, voice to be heard on this, because I think it's an important issue. Okay, we've got a bunch of people already calling in. I'm going to start with John and Whitestone. John, am I right or am I wrong? Hey, I saw uh, Doug Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google. In the YouTube uploads, you scroll to the last 20-second video, it says murder. Dragged to 1548, the judge says he's going to jail me if I take prove he took a bribe. And there's a podcast that says Google Danielle Sattel. In her WordPress, says blur the other lines. I'm going to force marriage. They're hyper-aggressive gangsters. They dictate my look and sing. She's flown to an island and forced to smile for wedding pictures. You know what, John, I have no idea what you're talking about, so I'm going to have to cut you off. Let's go to Jamie and Westwood. Jamie, am I right or am I wrong? Uh, no, you're 100% correct. And as I told the, the call screener, uh, I, I'm a, a, a dad of a, a United States Marine who sacrificed himself in Afghanistan wow. 12 years ago. Wow. Uh, one son who just retired from the job in the FDNY, and I have another son who's still on the job with the FDNY. I'm a volunteer. Oh, wow fireman for 48 years um wow. they obviously followed what i did and what my their grandfather did because my grandfather right. dad was one of the greatest right um yes uh, we do have a very small percentage of yes. young men and women that can and will but the percentage yes. comparison to the greatest generation is minuscule you know jamie first of all thank you for calling i mean it really it, it warms my heart to hear that you have raised your kids to be patriots and heroes. And I'm saluting you now and your kids for their great service to our country. Um, I'm the same. Look, uh, my 
uh, my uh, uh, father fought in World War II. My grandfather fought in World War One. He was an immigrant from Ireland, came to these shores, and the first thing they did was put him in a uniform, and he went back to Europe and fought for our country. So it exists. There's no doubt about it. The Marines, the people in our Navy, Army, that today is the Army-Navy football game. So we do have a lot of patriots, but, Jamie, do you think there are enough of them? No. No, there yeah. are not. Unless, unless some of these uh, young men and women can grow a spine overnight when we're needing them, it's not going to happen. It's going to be the small percentage that is going to protect the Americans. Yeah, I agree with you. And we've got to we've got to put patriotism and heroism and pro-America history in our history books and our schools. Great call, Jamie. Let's go to John. And I think you're in Manhattan. Yes. Yes. Thank you, um, Mr. Moore. This will be the first time on the air speaking to you. I am a veteran served the United States Air Force. I'm 76. I would serve again if needed. But I do believe the young generation would be there. The last caller is true, maybe not enough for them that we would need because of uh, what we understand we're going to be up against now is a lot different than uh, the past wars. We're going to be up against three or four different enemy countries with big armies. And we're going to need more manpower. But with God's help, and I know God would be there for America like he's always been, we will be able to do it. We'll be able to win when we need to win. Well, John, John, it's a great message. i got to ask you this before I let you go because we've got a couple other callers. Do you think that we're teaching our kids enough about the greatness of America and patriotism? No, not enough. We need to definitely, you're right. We need to teach more in the schools, but we also should. I always believed it because I'm of that age. Bring prayer, Jesus, back into the school. Now, I don't believe it's impossible. It is possible. Even though we have minorities, much more minorities than ever before, people, children and parents could say their prayers in silence. I agree. Hey, John, it's a great call. First of all, I'm saluting you. Thank you for your great, great service to our country. Uh, And um, that means a lot to me and the listeners uh, for defending our great country. Um, Mr. Producer, do we have other callers? Billy. All right, Billy from Bradley Beach. Do you agree or disagree with me on this one, Billy? I, I, I think our younger generation will be there because my son was in the Marines, like he's 30 now, and uh, I went down on the weekends and visited people that they were all for America. He's like an EMT. One's an EMT, one son's an EMT, and a father. Wow. But they're, 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 they're there, and I see younger people there. But then they get the guy, the numbers. The problem is the people in charge, <laughs> I you know, because they'll be making calls to the enemy. So I'm not so I'm, I I don't really feel comfortable with them. So really, the older generation is is hurting us more than the, the younger generation, maybe, because they're 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 the ones that were in charge and weren't teaching our kids stuff in school. So it might not. It's you know, it's not really their fault, <laughs> kind of. Billy, Billy, it's a great. First of all, thank you for calling in, and and uh, it's callers like you that warm my heart and <laughs> give me some sense of optimism. I mean, and by the way, there are 
there are hundreds of thousands of our young people who are wearing the uniform either in our military or in the police services or fighting firefighters. And so I'm not in any way demeaning those. In fact, I just say we need more patriots like that. That's my point. And it's so great that you brought up your kids in a way that they loved our country. And my point is, I'm not sure our cultural institutions, Hollywood, our public schools, um, our culture, um, the, you know, the music, it's not pro-America. And that's, that's something that troubles me. I think we have time for one or two more quick calls. Mr. Producer, do we have any more callers? Oh, was it Keith? Okay, you're on. What have you got for us? No, this is Go ahead. This is this is Kathy. Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Kathy. From Brooklyn. Hi. Hi. I'm I'm from the nineteen fifties generation, born yep. and raised in, in New York City. Yeah. And um yep. what I see the the millennials, no, they definitely don't have what the greatest generation had. They are not patriots. They're very very spoiled brats entitled and they oh, they're from the generation of give them a trophy even if they don't deserve it it's it, god yeah. forbid god forbid we go to god forbid our president leads us off the cliff with, and with this with this general yeah. that's leading our service we just have to pray that god is going to have mercy on us because we're in trouble we're in big trouble Kathy, so you know, are you a, are you a, um, a mother? I'm a mother of four children. My son was in the, served in the Marine Corps for 15 years, and I, I was. Oh my gosh! Late, I, my grandmother wow. came over in 1914. <laughs> she arrived in, in, wow. in, in on the Lower East Side. She arrived through Ellis Island, 1914. I'm, wow! Came, and, well, and, and she taught us. She taught us. To be thankful to live in well, this country, to appreciate. Yes, and, and Kathy, obviously, you did the same with your kids, and that's why they are such doing such great service for our country. Here's the thing: I've got to, and, and I know we're running out of time here. Something to just for everybody to chew over a little bit. You know, when I I have three boys, and they are uh, millennials, and they they know that I'm always complaining about the millennial generation. And I remember one time my oldest son got really kind of fed up with me, you know, complaining about his generation. And you mentioned, Kathy, the idea of giving the trophies to every kid, you know, no matter what their performance and everybody's above average. And we don't really put the kind of same, necessarily the same standards on this generation. And my son said to me, to me, and it was a really interesting comment. He said, dad, who do you think made us this way? And he was right. It's, it's, my generation, and I'm a baby boomer, we've coddled these kids and we have, have, have tolerated lousy schools. We've tolerated this idea that uh, we don't hold up necessarily our kids to the highest standards. And we haven't taught them about, you know, the importance of patriotism. When you've got school, when you've got a president of the United States, for goodness sakes, who calls our country a systemically racist country, which is such such an outrageous slur. Shame on you, Joe Biden. For, we have racial problems in this country, but we are not a systemically racist country. By the way, the military is the least racist institution uh, in the United States. Do we have time for one more call, Mr. Producer? Laura, you're our cleanup hitter. Laura, do you agree with me? Do you share my concern about the younger people? Or please persuade me that I'm wrong. 
I cannot persuade you that you're wrong. I cannot. My <laughs> father was in World War II. He's a new, he was a New York City firefighter. My wow. son is a lieutenant in the New York City Fire wow. Department. And we are a patriotic family. And I give credit. I praise the young men and women who volunteer to join yes. the military. But yes. you know what? Shame on all those drug addicts who want to smoke weed and that's their out for not enlisting or not being accepted. I say put them in and put them on the front line. They want to <laughs> abuse their bodies? We'll help them. We need wow. more people. We need more young people we do. to be like the ones we already have, which is not enough. Yeah. Kathy, great call. You are 100% correct. And uh, folks, um, you know, I, I guess I'm undecided. I mean, some of you have really inspired me with your calls like Kathy and, and you know, bringing up your kids the right way, teaching uh, the greatness of America. You know, Ronald Reagan was the president who said that it was divine providence that put America here as a beacon of freedom. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.